Welcome to the Labor Force Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Strukin, proud member of New York State United Teachers, celebrating 50 years this year. And now, three out of three for the UAW against the Big Three, proving definitively that targeted strikes work. As reported by the Associated Press, GM and the UAW have reached a tentative contract agreement that could end a six-week-old strike against Detroit automakers. The agreement follows the pattern set with Ford last week and Stellantis over the weekend. It was reached early Monday in a meeting at the UAW headquarters in Detroit involving union president Sean Fain, GM CEO Mary Barra, and manufacturing chief Gerald Johnson. The agreement was reached on Fain's 55th birthday. Imagine that. Happy birthday. The deals will last four years and eight months and include 25% general pay raises and cost of living adjustments. Combined, they bring the wage increase to over 30% over the life of the contract. GM was the last company to reach a deal, and the union added a lucrative factory in Tennessee to the strike list on Saturday to turn up the pressure. Nearly 4,000 unionized workers walked out of GM's largest North American plant in Spring Hill, Tennessee, hours after the deal with Stellantis was announced. They joined about 14,000 GM workers already striking at factories in Texas, Michigan, and Missouri. Presidents of the Ford Union locals voted unanimously in Detroit on Sunday to endorse that tentative contract after UAW President Sean Fain explained his details. In their live stream Sunday night, Fain and VP Chuck Browning said it plain. There was a time when it was hard to wear this wheel. Our union has been through some dark days. And like many of you, I walked a lonely path. What we have accomplished together has turned this wheel around. When I see that wheel, I no longer see a union on defense, in decline, or under threat. When I see that wheel, I see power. I see the future of the working class. I didn't do that. Chuck didn't do that. You, the membership, did that. The stand-up strike will go down in history as an inflection point for our union and for our movement. Just over seven weeks ago, I asked you all if you had faith. I asked you if you were ready to move mountains. The members of Michigan Assembly Local 900, Chicago Assembly Local 551, and Kentucky Truck Local 862 heard the call. In seven rounds of negotiations, I've never seen anything like the agreement we're here to present you tonight. These national negotiators who are with us here tonight are some of the toughest, smartest leaders I've ever met in my time in this union. With them at the table and with our members on the picket lines, we became a force to be reckoned with. The companies didn't see it coming. We fought like hell, and we won like never before. The Ford and Stellantis labor agreements include the following key terms. And again, just consider what this strike action has brought. 25% in general wage increases for top assembly plant workers over the next four and a half years, with 11% coming once the deal is ratified. Revival of cost of living adjustments, or COLA, for Ford workers, which were suspended in 2009. COLA will bring raises to a compounded 33% for Stellantis workers, with top assembly plant workers making more than $42 per hour. 
Starting wages for new Stellantis hires will rise 67%, including COLA, to over $30 per hour. Temp workers at Stellantis will get raises of more than 165%, while workers at PARF centers will get an immediate 76% increase if the contract is ratified. It will take just three years for new workers at Ford and Stellantis to get to the top of the assembly pay scale. Both agreements give the union the right to strike over plant closures. Bruce Baumhauer, president of the local union at a large Stellantis Jeep factory in Toledo, Ohio, that had been on strike since September, said he expected workers to vote to approve the deal because of pay raises, including the immediate 11% raise on ratification. Quote, it's a historic agreement as far as I'm concerned, end quote. The UAW began targeted strikes against all three automakers on September 15th after its contracts with the companies expired. About 46,000 UAW workers were on strike, about one-third of the union's 146,000 members at all three companies. The wrap-up once again, emphatic and resolute, from Sean Fain. With this tentative agreement, we've not only won at GM, but over the course of the last six days, working around the clock, we have reached tentative agreements across each of the big three. When I think about where this fight began, one thing is abundantly clear. They underestimated us. They underestimated you. These corporations had no idea what was coming for them, and they have no idea what's next. We have a very proud history in our union. We call on our campaign to stand up strike, to honor the rich legacy of the sit-down strike that built our movement. I carry with me my grandfather's check stub every day because I don't forget where I come from. We learn from history, but we also make history. The stand-up strike is the first page in a new chapter of our story. We have won record agreements at Ford, Stellantis, and now GM. We have united our membership like never before. We have shown the companies, the American public, and the whole world that the working class is not done fighting. In fact, we're just getting started. Meanwhile, the actor strike continues. Deadline.com reports, After a busy weekend of negotiations between SAG-AFTRA and the AMPTP to close a new three-year contract, the striking actors union and the studios are stepping back for a day. In a missive sent to members earlier Sunday and obtained by deadline, the Fran Drescher-led SAG-AFTRA said, Over the course of the weekend, we have discussed all open proposals, including AI with the AMPTP. Both parties will be working independently Monday and re-engage on scheduling at the end of the day. Join us in flood picket lines in the morning. Make your voices heard. As well as bargaining over the role of AI in the industry, the two sides are said to still be seeking common ground over additional compensation from streaming shows. Next, another sector we don't often equate with labor actions, but nonetheless, with the reckoning we're seeing now, it's not surprising. Employees at Walgreens and CVS in the U.S. are staging a three-day walkout to demand better working conditions and staffing levels. The walkout started on Monday and will end on Wednesday, November 1st. Organizers say that the walkouts are a response to harsh working conditions that make it difficult for pharmacists to safely fill prescriptions and put the health of customers at risk. They are demanding that the companies hire more staff and improve working conditions. 
The walkouts are being supported by several unions, including the United Food and Commercial Workers International Union and the Service Employees International Union, United Healthcare Workers West. Walgreens and CVS have said that they have not seen much disruption to operations as a result of the walkouts. However, organizers say that they have received reports of at least 25 store closures. The walkouts are a sign of growing unrest among pharmacy workers, who are facing increasing pressure to fill more prescriptions with less staff. One Michigan-based registered pharmacist told CNN that she had resigned from Walgreens as part of the planned work action. She said that she had worked as a pharmacist for 35 years, but decided to leave Walgreens after seven years over a number of workplace issues, including refusal to grant sick leave, severe understaffing and no lunch breaks, even while working solo 14-hour shifts. Patient advocate Loretta Bozing said that she planned to join the protest Wednesday at Walgreens' corporate headquarters. She said that her son is a liver transplant recipient who needs to take medication every 12 hours. I never thought I would have to become an advocate to make sure he could get his medication safely, Bozing said. I see the pharmacy closures and increasing numbers of pharmacy deserts, and it's sad and terrifying to see pharmacies in this state. I want to ensure that pharmacies are safe, and I appreciate all the pharmacists who are using their voices to help patients. Finally, KNTV Las Vegas reports, the Culinary Union has been negotiating a new contract for thousands of workers, and the talks haven't been going well. Following six months of negotiations with MGM International, Wynn Resorts, and Caesars Entertainment, and two major demonstrations on the Strip, a culinary union strike could happen in the coming weeks. Right now, the union is in the middle of another round of bargaining sessions. On Friday, leaders met with Caesars Entertainment. Secretary-Treasurer Ted Papageorge said they presented their proposals to Caesars all morning. The company is considering our proposal. They'll come back with their own proposals. We're hoping to make movement, Papageorge said. We got some movement with MGM. It's not going to be enough to avoid a strike. Papageorge said they're asking for a wage increase, job security and more notice to employees of a significant job change impacted by technology, like artificial intelligence and robots. He added that MGM made improvements to their offer when it comes to pay, but not enough yet. According to Papa George, they're watching members of their sister union at the Detroit Casino Council who are going on strike. That union met with MGM International on Thursday. They're not nearing a settlement yet, Papa George said. We're supporting them 100%. The Culinary Union is set to meet with Wynn Resorts on Monday. No other negotiations are set following that. Those are the big stories at the moment. So again, kudos to Sean Fain and the UAW for holding the line and getting historic wins. All these stories matter greatly to those involved and to the movement at large. But that one right now is entirely emblematic of our times and what workers everywhere need. A voice, leverage, clout, and results. So we'll keep our eyes open. Have a good week. So thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can find Labor Force on Spotify for podcasters and select a level, starting at just a dollar a month. Also, please share, rate, and review to help others find the show. You can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. And speaking of listening and broadening your worker contact, the Labor Force Podcast is now affiliated with the Labor Radio Podcast Network, an indispensable labor source where you can find many more shows like this one. You can check it out at laborradionetwork.org. Until next time, take care and stay union strong.